Well, I work at ProFocus Technology, which is an IT staffing firm, and we specialize in placing contract, contract to hire, and direct hire um, positions within organizations looking for top tech talent. Mm-hmm. And we do that a little differently than other organizations, in my view. We really strive to be the ve- the best, and we focus on quality. Mm-hmm. So we were founded uh, specifically in an effort to help IT leaders be able to save time and not have to receive so many unqualified yeah. resumes or candidates for their position. So we very carefully um, vet and match and screen and submit accurately matched candidates to our clients' needs. In fact, I'm really proud, Jenny, that we average just three submittals per placement that we make. And um, that's a recent stat. Actually, it's 3.8 this last year. um, What is the industry's average to give a yeah, great question. I believe the industry standard is triple that. Um, so at, at a minimum, that's probably even conservative. So we do things a little differently. So so back to your original question, I wanted to give that foundation for what we do. And I think one of the the reasons that we are so special is the culture that we have and the amazing place to work that that we have. And we really, truly care about our our teammates and our candidates and our clients. So our mission is to create exceptional experiences for every one of our candidates, clients, and teammates. And our vision is to be our client's favorite tech Mm -hmm. talent partner. So when you think about those two things, that's what we're striving for every single day. The role that I play within the organization that I get to play is I oversee all of our sales and recruiting efforts uh, within the organization. And I am part of the executive team and a partner here at ProFocus. So Mm -hmm. I get to learn constantly from our teammates as to how how we're doing, what we can do to get better. And we are legitimately continually striving to improve every day. So Mm -hmm. I hire, train and develop salespeople and recruiters. So the salespeople go out and find clients that could benefit from our services to uh, upskill their current team or to grow their team and fulfill any needs that they might have. And mm-hmm. our recruiters search and source and mm-hmm. screen and recruit mm-hmm. top talent to be able mm-hmm. to fit those particular um, positions that we have. Mm-hmm. And then another aspect really is our community involvement. So we make it a high priority for us to help connect people within the market in our local community. So we have a presence here in Portland, Oregon, and Mm -hmm. we have a presence in Utah. And then we have some recruiters um, in Washington and throughout other states of the United States as well. But mainly within the Silicon Forest and Silicon Slopes in Mm -hmm. Portland and in Utah, we do different networking events where we're bringing talent and clients together so that people can meet one another and network and grow their professional network and opportunities as a result. We have a, a presence in Boise, Idaho as well. And we're really active in the tech community there as well. So yeah. uh, I do participate in a lot of those um, activities as well to really help 
connect people. Very nice.、Um, how did you get here? I mean, like you have like twenty plus years now. Yeah,、uh, in this thirty, thirty、oh, wow. years in the industry. Yeah.、Um, how did I get here? I would say from experience, Jenny,、mm-hmm. and failing and learning and trying again. You know, I started in staffing right out of college. So、uh, the company that I started with, Hall Kenyon, which was based in the Silicon Valley area,、mm-hmm. came campus recruiting to my college, BYU.、Mm-hmm. And I honestly didn't know what I was getting into when I learned that it was、uh, sales focused and would be able to.、Um, Make sales calls and meet with clients and also recruit.、Uh, I thought it sounded really interesting, but I really didn't know what I was getting into. And、right. I had a sales background through school, so、mm-hmm. I jumped in. And gosh, I initially made a hundred cold calls a day, every day,、uh, day in and day out, to find companies that had needs, and I would find them. And, and then, then I would make then- cold. Yeah, way back then there was not. We didn't have LinkedIn and yeah, there's yeah, we not internet, internet for、right. searching. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. So,、um, so how did you like that job? The biggest, you know. You know what? I loved it. You loved yeah, it. Yeah, I actually loved it. I loved the competition of it and、mm-hmm. uh, the creativity of it and、mm-hmm. the perseverance that was needed and the challenge that was、mm-hmm. there. And I learned quickly that as I became the first in and the last out. That that was paying off. So I did put in a lot of a lot of time. time and found some quick success and was rookie of the year and and then moved into a leadership position as I was、uh, leading by example, I believe. And there was an opportunity and a, a vacancy in our branch office, so、um, I jumped at the chance to to lead the team and、um, really leverage the. Lessons I learned from those around me in leadership and some leadership opportunities I had growing up as well,、mm-hmm. and、um, learned by experience and trial and error, and and really learned from the people that worked with me.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because they reported to me, I look back and I think, gosh, I I learned how to be a strong leader. I think from those that were with me. I really believe in hiring people around you that can fill in the gaps of.、Mm-hmm. Yourself, you know,、mm-hmm. and that have strengths that you don't, because、mm-hmm. you just make such a better team. And、yeah. I think about the executive team that I'm on now, and the three of us are so different in our personalities, yet very aligned、mm-hmm. in our mission and our vision and our values. And that creates a really beautiful, I believe, leadership team and focus、yeah. for us. Yeah. Well, it seems like it's pretty lucky. Right, like you got to jump in a field that you find out you actually enjoy, and then also you met、uh, through this journey. You met several key, I would say, personnel that played an important role in your career development. But、yeah. not everybody has that opportunity or that kind of luck to be able to choose who you work with, or you know, you can probably choose what you work, what you do, but like you probably can't choose, you know, who your bosses are, right? Um, right, especially and, in the early years.、Um, go ahead. Yeah, you said you're yeah. They、something. and they, you know, not every boss, so to speak, was great. But、yeah. I will comment on that and tell you, I don't believe in luck. I believe the harder you work, the luckier you get.、Um, and I certainly feel very blessed.、Uh, mm-hmm. I think that you know, there, I, I've been very blessed and fortunate to be in the opportunities that 
that I have been given. And mm -hmm. um, for sure, I have mm -hmm. learned from some really great mentors um, throughout Hall Kenyon and mm -hmm. K-Force and, mm -hmm. and the leaders that I've had. And I take those lessons with me and mm -hmm. add to them. And the failures that I've had too, and the struggles that I've had and Boy, those those stand out louder than some of the successes I listen about. I think that's human nature. But yeah. I do love what I do. And I think that adds to my success or our success is mm -hmm. I genuinely A, I love life, Johnny. Life yes, is you so do. amazing. Yeah. I really do. And I love to love people. I love to love, you know, things and experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do love my work because it's so rewarding. If I can help others have a rewarding career mm -hmm. um, that they enjoy, then at the end of my life, mm -hmm. I will feel like I've made some positive contributions. Yes, for sure. Um, you have to have a goal behind, you know, a purpose behind what you do behind mm -hmm. the scene that help pushing you move along, get up every day and yeah. looking forward to work, right? And to, yes. to create a purpose. Um, what do you think about like, because you work with recruiters and also biz staffs. These are two different branches, right? Um, but you started doing cold calls. Did you start doing cold calls as a recruiter or like a biz staff at, at when you first started, when you mentioned 100 calls a day? Yeah, as biz staff. But interestingly, I was in a what we call a full desk role. So I did both sides of it. But Got you it. have to start somewhere. So mm -hmm. the first uh, probably... Mm, four to six weeks was all business mm -hmm. development. And mm -hmm. then I added in the recruiting side and I actually made cold calls for candidates as well, because mm -hmm. there wasn't a LinkedIn to go find people. So, right. um, you know, we would post advertisements for jobs and get mm -hmm. some responses, but those usually weren't the highest quality. Mm -hmm. So I would use those to mm -hmm. find out who they worked with and who they knew and mm -hmm. would just make call after call to find the right talent. Yeah. So what are some of the common types of recruiting or staffing agencies uh, out there? You mentioned there's um, the first job you had was like a full stack that like that, that what, what it means is it like somebody goes in there and handles the whole full cycle of like trying to find clients, serving that clients by, you know, provide the client with uh, potential candidates. Yes. What? So the common positions are first a business, as you referenced, business development or uh, otherwise known as an account manager. Mm -hmm. And that person is focused just on the sales side and is networking with clients, building relationships with clients and identifying hiring managers who have needs uh, on their team. And then another position is a recruiter who is building a network and a pipeline of top talent and interviewing and matching them and even marketing them to, you know, potential places that might have a need for them. And then there is a full desk person who does both, mm. you know, both those sides. Other positions would be also a sourcer. There are um, some really talented sourcers in our industry who focus just on sourcing talent, mm. just on identifying um, and hooking, if you will, um, mm -hmm. capturing people mm -hmm. who might be interested in working with them. And then mm -hmm. they pass them on to a recruiter to do the interview. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are people who on the sales side, the business development side, some who just do business development, do the hunting. Mm -hmm. And then once they bring them in, they pass them over to an account manager 
So sometimes there's someone who just does the account management. They don't go out and find new business, but they um, take on managing the the account, especially if it's a large account. What are some of those? Because um, there are different roles in in the staffing or you know recruiting industry. What are some of the differences in skill sets that requires for each role? Mm, yeah. You know, I think that on the sales side, it's ideal to have someone who has a sales background um, or certainly a mentality uh, of competition and perseverance and a track record of success. Um, it has to be someone who is has some confidence and is willing to uh, learn and put themselves out there and, and ask people for business. Um, on the recruiting side, I I think some of the same applies. It's helpful to have a sales background because you're selling the recruiter too. But um, mm -hmm. in IT recruiting, it's helpful to have someone who has some knowledge, exposure, um, and experience in technology, or at least an appetite to mm -hmm. learn technology. We don't become developers, but it's important that we know and understand the technology. And that really differentiates us in our organization from other staffing companies as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to understand their lingo. How then? How would you be able to tell whether this person is a good fit or not? Right. Because it's yeah, it's not plain English. <laughs> it's like right. tech, tech right. English. Um, right. Yeah, and then um, a lot of um, people would say recruiting would be uh, the entry level bar is pretty low, generally speaking. But you know, so you, on the market, you see different levels of like different types of recruiting firms, staffing firms, they all have different styles. Some have great reputation, some just so-so. What do you say that distinguish one organization, which is better than the other? I know you mentioned about customer service. I totally agree with you, but um, if you can share with me some of, you know, if I'm looking uh, to work for an organization, what aspects should I be looking out for? Yeah, great question. I would encourage someone to really dig in and understand what the training mm -hmm. and development and ramp up <clears throat> plan and program is. Some agencies will hire people that they think, you know, fit the external profile, if you will, and then just uh, give them a brief overview and tell them good luck and go for it. Um, but in order own. to be successful, you really need a structured 90 day training program mm -hmm. that includes not only um, classroom style training, um, maybe there are online modules and a certification, but also shadowing, um, reviewing performance along the way, guiding and, you know, adjusting your work so that you can be set up for success. So I think looking at the training, I think also looking at the culture, I would encourage anyone to ask what the turnover rate is you know, how, how well they're doing at retaining their people, how long have people been there? Um, and then also the career path, you know, what career right. paths could they expect at that particular organization as well? And then lastly, does it feel right? You have yeah. to use your gut a little bit and, you know, do you connect with the people and does this feel like a place you would be comfortable with and the people you would trust? Mm -hmm. I had a personal experience. One of my friends went interview with this pretty large uh, staffing agency in the United States. And when they meet up with the team, because everyone work remotely, you know, they, they work at home and just making calls, you know, uh, building connections. But then when they had like a team gathering outside, everyone seemed very unhealthy, like they're 
they're they're big. Uh huh. So it tells you, you know, like this just doesn't feel. It's a very healthy place because you're either stressed, because、uh, when you are stressed, you tend to eat a lot, or you're tired, <laughs> you tend to eat a lot, and then they don't really, you know, or maybe didn't have much time to take care of themselves. Yeah.、Uh, and because recruiting can be, you know, because it sells, so it it has its ups and downs, you know, especially. During the most recent couple years,、um, mm -hmm. it's it's been tough.、Um, so that that tells you something about yeah, the culture. That, that does. I'm glad she was able to observe that. You know, that's another thing is you can ask what the work life balance is.、Mm -hmm. We, for instance, have a、um, wellness program for our employees, and we have a quarterly bonus that people can earn a stipend towards. Um, either a, a health club membership or、um, a massage or any mental wellness things if they、uh, hit the steps challenge each quarter. So、mm -hmm. things like that will show you that companies prioritize and value your health.、Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's important. I'm glad you guys are you know addressing that issue for your employees. It will be lucky to have you as a boss. Uh, but now everyone has、uh, got that、yeah. uh, luck.、Um, for the past couple of years, especially COVID, I know it's been challenging,、um, especially for recruiting because people are hesitating to hire,、um, and it kind of lasted until even right now. I mean, the economic environment is challenging for everybody.、Mm -hmm. um, how would you give some people some suggestions? How do Thrive in this economics,、um, you know. Because I remember when we were in San Francisco together, you guys mentioned that, oh yeah, the economics have ups and downs, and then we know especially how to do what to do even better、uh, with our competitors than our competitors even during downtime. So I'm curious, what's what's that?、Um, you know, what do you do during downtimes? Yeah, that's a great question. So a few things come to mind, Jenny. One is to expect it; it's <laughs> going to happen. So I think if you are mentally and emotionally prepared,、mm -hmm. uh, that you know, gosh, if you're having a really great year this year and and for a couple of years, to know that it won't always be that way.、Mm -hmm. Likewise, when you're having a really tough year and the the economy is uncertain, it won't stay this way forever either. So、right. you know, recognizing that, and I think the number one thing that comes to mind is perseverance. Um, you do have to keep after it, and it's not going to be easy. And what that looks like in in sales and and in recruiting is to still be there to for your clients and your candidates to still stay connected and reach out and be top of mind. They might not be hiring this month, this quarter, this year, but if you can develop a relationship and add value through other ways that your organization gives to them. Then when things turn around, you're the first for them to call. So I think perseverance and and you have to double down on your efforts. So not everyone will be hiring, and not everyone will be not hiring. So you might have to make more efforts than you normally would to go find some that are, so you can still close some deals. You know, it might not be your banner year, but you get you got to work hard to find the ones that you can get. Yeah, and then、um, that's great advice for people for pretty much for everybody, not just in recruiting, right? Yeah. <laughs>、uh, 
Um, cause I'm at right now I'm in capital markets and still like, it's just, um, it's been sucky for everybody, um, because mm -hmm. of the interest rate and no one is, um, investing, but I agree with you just kind of, you know, keep that relationship, um, strong so that when they need your service, they will come to find you. That's right. And yeah. add value in some way, you know, find a way to provide market Apple. knowledge or, you know, help them out in another way. Um, mm -hmm. You have to bubble wrap your people in some mm -hmm. regard. You know, there's, if you can afford to, you know, keep, keep the core mm -hmm. and bubble wrap them and let them do some other types of things so that when things turn around, you have a, a team to be able to deliver great service again. Yeah, exactly. So I sh I'm sure you hire people, interview people all the time for your team, right? Um, does school and grades matters? Like what mm -hmm. would make them a good candidate for your team? Mm -hmm. um, so we, we have hired a mix of new college grads or also more experienced people. So, um, you know, I think it, it certainly depends. I do. I personally value somebody who has completed their degree um, and finished that process. But if I came across somebody who did not finish their degree and they had a good story to tell and maybe they had a good opportunity that they jumped in and have a track record of success um, that they can draw upon, then they won't be ruled out for not mm -hmm. having that degree. Mm -hmm. um, as far as grades go, I think, you know, that's up to the individual. Um, do what you need to do to, to graduate Pass. and get that right. degree. That's really what's most important. Because I asked this question because I am always above average on an academic scale. Like I work really hard, but I'm not really good at taking exams. So like, you know, like during the non-exam times, I'm always like top of the class. But when it comes to a bigger exam, I'm always like, you know, like just drops because I'm, you know, like psychologically, like I'm just bad yes. at taking exams. So I, when I was in school, I'm like extremely stressed about exams. Um, and I'm like, and it actually matters for, for big laws because they actually see your um, transcript as a fresh graduate. That's why I asked that same question. Because like sure. a lot of students in school, they're just stressed out about their grades the whole time. Um, yeah, I think that depends on your, your path. You know, if you're looking to get into grad school, then of course that matters yeah. a lot. But if mm -hmm. you're graduating and looking for, um, you know, an entry level position, I don't think they're as important. That's school, is school important? Cause a lot of high schoolers, when they're getting ready to apply college, they're like, cause you, you also work with, uh, employers who hire people. So you can probably have a better sense of like what the market really needs. Do they care about which school they go to, what program they did? Uh, for example, do we need to work in an Ivy League university, you know, in order to get better no. jobs? That's very <laughs> no, comforting that's to what, know. <laughs> yeah, but that's the industry that I'm in. Um, you know, a lot of our clients prefer um, someone to have a degree. Yeah. And there are certain positions and certain clients that will require it and some that are more flexible. So it just depends. I really can't say that, you know, there's this massive shift to being okay without a degree, but I have seen it open up more in the last 10 years than say 30 years ago. So um, 
you know, I think if you have an opportunity to get some experience and for whatever reason you can't finish, great, get that experience, maybe take the opportunity to finish again later. I personally, as I said, I, I value it. And I think it shows perseverance and dedication and completion. And I think there's value in that. Yes, I agree. Um, so does a certain major have better benefit, more benefit to be a re recruiter or slash account manager than other majors? If they're interested in becoming someone like you per se, what mm -hmm. major do you suggest them to do in college? I think business in general, um, communications. I know there are some schools who now have sales majors, so that's cool. Um, and even HR uh, majors. So I think, you know, organizational development, I think mm -hmm. those are really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, I think psychology mm -hmm. is helpful because it's about working with people and people. understanding them. Mm -hmm. um, but generally speaking for our industry, uh, we would be open. They would be very helpful to have um, a computer science major as well. And, you know, those IT focused majors. So um, I can't say that there's a, a wrong major for our industry. Now for, you know, the, our clients, they're looking for people with um, CS degrees and IT backgrounds. Yes. Yes. Because it's IT stuffing. So of course mm -hmm. you need mm -hmm. to have the hard skills for that. Um, yeah. And I, I remember your role before was VP of operations, right? In the, in K-Force, that was mm -hmm. a, a Fortune 500 company, am mm -hmm. I right? Um, and then operations, because um, I'm, I'm also in operations, but I'm not good, personally good in sales. So it's a two different skill sets. So you navigated both. How did you find them different? And then, you know, what are the challenges being an operation person versus a sales person? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think my time as a, it was actually VP of sales operations. So it was it. really closely connected with the sales leaders mm -hmm. of the organization, but it gave me experience and exposure to the operation side and what's needed to enable sales to be successful. Um, and I think it just added to my, you know, my overall skill set and tools to be more understanding of what it takes to be successful uh, in sales and to have a um, an appreciation for the operations or the sales enablement that really empowers sales. So I think both are really helpful uh, mm -hmm. as people advance their career to, um, to not be too um, siloed into one area, but diversify your skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, sales is not something I enjoy. So I'm like more of an operation person. I don't like to have a quota uh -huh. that I need to meet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you know, I love executing projects and get things done. That's what I'm passionate about. So I'm really That's lucky great. to be able to find a operation job, you know, uh, but sales is, I, I would have to say it's the most important skill set for any organization, because if there's no sales, there's nothing else. <laughs> if yeah. you don't bring in revenue, there's no support. There's no, nothing to operate on, right? That's um, right. So, and then there's no ceilings for, for sales. You can always improve and make it better, bring that's more uh, revenue and relationships. So, um, but, but, but that's something, you know, um, 
I wouldn't say it come naturally uh, for a lot of people that comes naturally. And, but also like you can invest yourself to learn all the sales skills. Um, like you said, some companies prevent, uh, provide training for all that. So that certainly helps. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in sales, Jenny, know that they naturally have that skill or not. Right. Right. That's I, I agree. That I'm hardwired for. Mm -hmm. um, can you learn it? Yeah, I think you can. But as you learn it, you'll also be able to say this is for me or not for me. Right. Um, so and then I there are. Sorry, go ahead. No, you, you're good. Um, and there are different types of sales that I didn't realize until, you know, I start working. So there's cold sales, like pure business step, business. And then there's account manager who is also like kind of like internal sales, right? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And then they require different skill set. Right. What are the differences on the on these sales jobs for, in terms of skill sets? Yeah, we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier. I mean, I think the main thing for the business development is somebody who is tenacious and perseveres and uh, is willing to, you know, really hunt for that next sale. and. Um, really good at developing relationships and starting new relationships. And then on the account manager side, you have to be good at relationships too, um, but you're more detail oriented most likely and mm -hmm. um, able to connect the dots and make sure that the whole big picture is fitting together for the account um, with, you know, the stakeholders internally in your organization, who else is going to be working on the account. Um, and, and also being able to expand the account. So there are some, some different activities and skill sets therein. Yeah. Uh, one thing I read about sales, cause I was trying, I was trying to improve my sales skills. I was like grabbing a sales book and then I started reading it and then what it, um, you know, I was, I would, I would say I was on a wrong mindset about sales. Um, because mm -hmm. when they say sales, you're not forcing somebody to buy something, buy your service or buy a product. What you're doing is, first of all, you need to believe that you're um, sharing a great product or service to people. So you're helping them. So it's not exactly. like, yeah. So I was totally on the wrong mindset about sales as a whole. Yeah. Um, so if you don't believe what you provide is of good value, then don't do it. That's you're not right. going to be successful. That's exactly right. Um, you're adding value. Um, I believe that so strongly in our business in staffing. Um, mm -hmm. You think about these companies that we help and in order for them to launch their product um, or their service, they have to have the top technical talent to do it. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have the key people, they aren't going to be able to create their product or their service and the company will not succeed. So. You know, what we do really matters. And some of those things are, you know, companies that are developing um, heart monitoring tools or, you know, medical devices that save lives, literally. And others are technology advances that, you know, make all of us more efficient. And those things don't happen without the right people. So, right. you know, it really does matter. And it is worth it for them to mm -hmm. spend $30,000 or whatever it is to find someone because it's going to generate millions of dollars of revenue as they have the right team in place. So 
It's really understanding what the business problem is that your client has and then being part of that solution through yeah. the right talent. Yeah. Does it involve a lot of education to your client? A lot of what? Education. Because they might yeah. not realize they have this problem or, you know, or they need this type of person. Yes. Yes. Yeah, how, absolutely. We learn a lot of about our clients and what they do and yeah. um, what their business problems are, what their challenges are and, and where they're and headed, the, you know, where they are now and where they're headed. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also set expectations, right? Like. Or if yeah. you have to tell them what you're looking is an unicorn that doesn't exist or yeah. based on the, so a lot of those. Yes. <laughs> well, so totally. it's really like um, a very complex skill set because you have to be good with people and have certain great business acumen and, yeah. and a deep understanding of the industry, their industry as well. Yes. And that's a work in progress, you know, depending on the client. Some industries we know better than others, but as yeah. we get new clients, mm -hmm. we spend a lot of time up front really understanding um, who they are and where they are in their, mm -hmm. in their market and what it is they're making or building or achieving yeah. um, so that we can sell that to our candidates, you know, as a great opportunity, but, but really have knowledge about how we can be part of that solution for them. Yes. Um, that, I think that's something before I, um, know you guys, I didn't realize what, you know, that's a big part of your job is to kind of work with your employer client, kind of understanding them, be aligned mm -hmm. with them first. Cause I was thinking, oh, recruiting, you were just out there searching for talent. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's something I didn't realize you, you know, it's a big portion of the job yeah. that is kind of very necessary and important too. It's kind of laying the foundation, right? Otherwise yes. you're, we're not talking on this, you know, we're not looking for the same people. That's and right. It's not, it's going to be a mismatch. That's right. And then you mentioned you made several big mistakes. Uh, can you mm -hmm. share that? Like not all of it, but like something that uh, we can all learn from. Yeah. You know, I would say early in my career, one of the things that I learned was um, trying to be the one that always has the answers mm. um, doesn't really help the team. And what I learned, you know, after time and experience was getting input from others and that others in the room and the team certainly have great ideas and um, it's okay if the right answer comes from your teammate. I don't always have to be the one with the answers. Once I learned that and really got better at getting feedback um, from others, that really helped me. Mm. I, um, you know, I'm an immigrant. So in China, it's hard, you know, it's just different culture. Um, it's different. It's, it's kind of almost shameful to say, I don't know because you're yeah. supposed to know. But then yeah. here I realize it's totally okay if you just be honest and genuine, just say, oh, I don't know this, but I'm going to find out. I'm going to try my totally. best. Yeah, I got yeah. this new job, not relatively new, I mean, five years ago, and my mentor would uh, have me be on this this staff calls with him. Uh, so he will lead the call, but then have me, you know, train me. Uh, 
And he said, okay, so you're going to do these calls on your own now. And it's okay to tell them you're new. And people actually appreciate that. That's something I learned. Yes, I think so too. Um, it is definitely okay to not know the answer. It's just not okay to not do anything about it. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, I really believe in that. And, you know, I think the more vulnerable I became with my team, the closer I connected with them. And I learned mm -hmm. that over time too, that it's okay to, to just be real and we're all human and we all have hard days and mm -hmm. um, to be real in that. But of course I, I have learned also that, um, you know, sharing my passion for the work and the gratitude along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, and that no matter what happens, we can always pick up and keep going. Um, but that's been really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, very blessed that I got to work with a very close knit team where we have one support, one developer, one biz staff. Mm. And I'm just doing operations. They report to me, but I'm not expert in their field. So I let mm -hmm. them do it and give me suggestions. And then we together make a decision. So mm. I, cause I, in the beginning, I was trying to, let's do it this way. But then, cause I'm not the person who is doing the, the, the work in, on, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. So they know better in their field than me. Um, mm -hmm. So that's something I realized after becoming a leader. Um, yeah, good yeah. for you. Thank you. I, I'm very lucky to be able to uh, have this opportunity to be able to lead team and, you know, execute and scale. Um, Congrats. That's something. That's thank so you. Awesome. And I, yeah. I, I, and I enjoy working with a smaller team because oh, we're very efficient. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, that's great. Yeah. I'm very blessed with all this opportunity and the mentor that who brought me on, um, so I hope I could say I'm living the dream. Nice. You bet. <laughs> yeah. Living the dream, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. So about, let's talk about future. Um, I know like with AI and everything else, like there's a lot of uncertainty um, that everyone is facing. Um, what do you think about the future of like recruiting and stuffing? Yeah, I think it'll continue to evolve and we'll find ways to leverage AI to be more, uh, efficient mm -hmm. and take on certain aspects of our job. But the bottom line is you can't replace human uh, no. interaction. And no. it takes a human to be able to talk to another human to understand uh, the soft skills and how they present. And if they are a culture match to a client. And at the end of the day, people want to work with people that are a good culture match and have those soft skills. So um, I don't see how AI could ever replace that. I agree. I agree. So I was just talking to a 3D, no, 2D artist who works at Blizzard, you know, who paint those games and stuff. And I was mm -hmm. asking her, you know, with the AI and stuff, and they're like, no, people in the gaming industry or, you know, in their entertainment industry, they still value a product created by a human being. Yes. So there's certainly value behind it. So I agree. Yeah, I agree because you're working with people every day. You're trying to help solve their mm -hmm. problems. So that's not yeah. a machine, but you can utilize AI in your daily, like sourcing, right? Like yes. technology and, can... and they're matching, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. GPT and other tools have helped us really um, be able to 
uh, more efficiently and mm-hmm. more thoroughly match somebody's you know resume and profile to a particular job description. So it helps mm-hmm. us you know be able to concisely point out where they're a match and where they're not. Mm-hmm. And then when we talk to them live, can really hone in on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and get examples and uh, be able to validate that experience. Mm-hmm. Any suggestions for job seekers who are looking for jobs? Like if you say you're using AI technology to filter candidates, should I insert some keywords that match the job description in order to get a better chance of being reviewed by a human being? Yes, of course. So um, if you're going to use ChatGPT or, or other AI and you're looking at a particular job, um, look at the top three requirements. And you want to make sure that in your resume, you have those specific words. If you have them, don't put them in there if you don't. Um, yeah, you know, if you have that experience, then make sure that that's in your resume so that, so that it will match. And, you know, I think job seekers in general, um, that's one thing, but I, I still always recommend to people identify the jobs that you want, um, that you are particularly interested in, go and try to find out who the hiring manager is and then reach out to that hiring manager and ask for a meeting, make an introduction and ask if you can talk to them. Um, that's going to help you stand out more than anything else versus your resume going in with 200 others. Yeah, great advice. Great advice. Um, because I know some people who is looking for jobs like over a year and there are just jobs everywhere on LinkedIn and you're competing. It, 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 they post a job an hour ago and there's already over 200 applicants. Yeah. Um, especially for those easy, is it called easy apply? Um, yep. on LinkedIn. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So that's a great advice. Just. Yeah. Pitch you, um, you know, go find out who the um, hiring manager is and just go talk to them directly. That's a great advice. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some of the, I would, I would say, because um, you guys are serving clients. Um, what are, if, if they don't go pitch the hiring manager, uh, how do they get picked up by your company, for example? The candidates. Um, the clients. Uh, no, not the clients, the candidates. Uh-huh. Okay. So we, um, a couple of different ways. I mean, one is people might see our postings on LinkedIn and they might go to our website and see all of our jobs. Um, so they can apply that way and then we'll reach out to them. But, um, if their profile is on LinkedIn, that's the best way for them to be found by us. And, you know, we, we do searching and connect with people every day and Mm -hmm. we do, you know, many new applicant interviews every single day, every single week. So, um, if they're the right type of candidate, for what we're looking for, hopefully we're finding them on LinkedIn. Do they have to uh, like have the button turn on where they're saying I'm looking? Do they want, oh no, they don't. No, they don't. Okay. Cause sometimes when you do that, your, your HR will see that too. So that's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. Okay. It's good to know. Yeah. yeah. It's good to know. Well, I, I, that, that's all my questions. I'm like, okay. I'm really enjoying our conversation, Jennifer. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, and and, you. and I, I miss you all. Well, I miss seeing you too. It was such a treat for you to reach out. So thank you. I'm honored oh, and I would love to know what you end up doing with